You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 189, with Bruce Malcolm. Today, we're talking about living your life on purpose. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. Today, we are talking with Bruce Malcolm, and we are, in fact, living our life on purpose, or at least that's what we're encouraging you to do. I'm living my life on purpose. I know Bruce is living his life on purpose. What about you? Are you living your life on purpose? We're going to find out here in just a minute. If you're brand new to this amazing Men of Abundance community, I want to welcome you personally. I want to thank you for chiming in. I hope you get something out of these conversations, and I hope you pay it forward to others by sharing this podcast and community with other men that you know that are in your circles. And guys, it is so easy to share Men of Abundance with others in your life. You can simply share menofabundance.com on your Facebook, Twitter, email, or just write it down and give it to somebody. Or you can share directly from whatever app that it is you're using to listen to this podcast right now. Just click on the three little dots, a drop down menu will come down and share in a text, email, whatever it is that you want to do. Just be abundant in your life today. Pay it forward and share Men of Abundance with everyone you come in contact with. All right, guys, as I said, Bruce Malcolm is our featured guest today, and Bruce has a master's degree in counseling psychology. Bruce practiced for six years with children and families providing school-based clinical counseling. Currently, Bruce teaches at several colleges and universities while providing coaching to adults who seek to learn to use their purpose to live fuller, more authentic lives and better engage in their relationships and careers. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Bruce Malcolm. Bruce, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there, man. It's good. To, it's good to talk to you today. Hanging in there is good, especially at the beginning of the year. Where are you at in the world? <laughs> uh, I am in Apple Valley, California. Apple Valley. Where is that at exactly? I have not been there. Well, I'm going to tell you something surprising. Um, we don't have apples here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a marketing ploy in like the 50s. Um, we're in between Vegas and Los Angeles. We're in the desert in California. Okay. Okay. I can I can kind of relate to that area, that general area. I've been all around. Mm-hmm. I pretty much grew up in the West Coast area from Arizona, you know, as far up as I've gone is, I think, up into, yeah, California. I haven't gone too much further up than California, I don't think. Okay. But yeah. Nice area. Yeah. I kind of dig it out that way in Vegas and that whole area. Growing up in Phoenix with the dry heat, you know, it's kind of the environment I, I grew up in, but not the environment I want to live in. Okay. Not, not anymore. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> not nice. since I have choices. I, I think we can say that about a lot of our childhood, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. So before we get too much into our conversation, man, I'd like to start out the same way I start out pretty much every single morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Bruce? I am grateful for my family. Um, we accomplish a lot as a family, um, and I think that we're able to accomplish a lot because just just because we've learned to rely on each other and we know each other's strengths and um often at the end of the week i'm just my mind is blown with everything that we got done um so i'm i'm grateful for my family that's cool i like that you brought that up that you that you work together with your family and you all feed off of each other's strengths and and assumingly that also means you feed off of each other's weaknesses because you know where one is strong the other one will pick up the slack um I mean, I, I say this, we, I literally just had this conversation a couple weeks ago with my wife and a couple other ladies that were talking about, we were talking about building job resumes and stuff like that. And I was like, well, if you really sit down and look at what a like general family does, a family is a full-on business. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. And many businesses don't even have all the aspects and all of the departments, if you will, <laughs> that a family has from the yeah. transportation specialist to 
you know the <laughs> the the um, dispute resolution, <laughs> you know, accounting, department, accounting. And, right, I mean, right. you name it. It's just amazing to to run a very well run um, family is no different than running a very well run well run business. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well said. So you know. Uh, before we got started here, I mentioned a little bit about you and what you have going on, but I have this one question that I like to ask everybody, and it'll kind of roll into a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing. And that question is, how would you describe yourself? How do I describe myself? Um, I I would like to okay describe myself as uh, a man of character and somebody who lives their life intentionally. Um, intentionally meaning, uh, you know, just sit in the back seat. You don't just uh, wait for life to happen. Um, if it's intentional, then it's proactive and uh, engaging with others. Yeah, I like it. Taking nothing by chance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, as little as possible by chance, let's put it that way, uh, when you're yeah, living yeah. with intention. Yeah, I dig that. And I find that to be true of a lot of folks that are kind of in our um, with our mindset, with this abundance mindset, where we're not letting everything just kind of go by chance. And you can find it, it, to have abundance in your life, you have to actively seek it. You have to actually, you have to take action, which is one of my yeah. favorite words, by the way. Okay. Okay. Sounds like we're, we're on the same page then. <laughs> I dig <laughs> it. So, you know, how did you kind of get into what you're doing now? I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, you've got a master's degree in counseling and psychology, um, yeah. You know, you're teaching, you're doing all these amazing things, and you're really kind of helping people bring out the best of themselves. How did that all get started? Um, well, I mean, really what what my, what my future is, um, is purpose. Um, in, in the teaching at the college level, I was awarded a grant to f- help students find their purpose. And um, that allowed me uh, some time to be able to academically look at what purpose is. Um, and through that process, I was able to find some, well, first of all, I'm, uh, there's a formula, um, that I've developed that, um, comes out of the idea that our deficits are our strengths. So us at our very worst, if we can harness that same energy, you know, us at our most angry, if we can take that energy, the reason that we are the most angry in that moment is because it is hitting on an area that we we really have a heart for. And if we have a heart for it, when we see the opposite of that happen, it's going to make us mad. And that happens in our arguments. It happens in our jobs. It happens at Target. Um, The opposite of that is our purpose. And if we can harness that and be aware of that energy, um, it gives us a different way to live. Um, I can be grounded in my purpose instead of grounded in my anger. Um, and that energy is the same. So it's not like I'm saying stop being angry. I'm saying take that energy and focus it towards something that's going to be proactive, something that's going to be positive, something that's going to be intentional and purposeful. Um, so that's that's really the, the gist of what um, what I help people do is, I mean, finding your purpose is easy. That's, a, I mean, um, it, it's because it's scientific. It's just seriously, it's 10 minutes and you know your purpose. Um but learning how to integrate it is really what I do. That's really interesting. Teaching people, yeah. And I'm going to ask you, uh, one of the things I want to ask you is, how does that look? How do you make that happen in somebody? But you said something that I want to hone in on before I forget, and I will. And you said that our deficits are our strengths. Can you explain mm-hmm. that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, it's the idea that the things that make you the most angry tend to take, well, I'm going to say you, us. The things that make us the most angry can typically take us out okay Mm -hmm. um and taking us out can look like um no longer am i going to engage i'm going to lash out and punish or i'm going to go to sleep and going to sleep looks like um extensive pornography use having sex with the wrong people gambling anything that takes me out and, and causes me not to engage um or lastly um just being really really busy but not intentionally busy, okay? Um, because I can be really, really busy sweeping my porch, and I can sweep that ten times a day. And if the bills aren't paid, that porch doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. D- does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what happens if I'm in my deficits, okay? Mm-hmm. If I'm in my deficit, then I'm now trying to punish people. If I'm in my strengths, well, my strengths are love-based, 
And so I'm able to take that same fire and that same passion and use it to mobilize. Hmm. And that's how my strengths are my deficits. I like it. Yeah, I like that perspective. And that's one of the reasons why I love, you know, having these conversations because you get so many different perspectives and I never really looked at it that way. It really does. It it makes sense. It's something I would really like to dig deeper into. So how do you do that? How do you, you know, you said it's scientific for somebody to find their purpose. This is something that, quite frankly, a lot of people, you know, they, they, you hear this all the time. And, you know, we find my, we find our men find ourselves when we're 30 or we find ourselves when we're 40 and always trying to find ourselves and find out what our purpose is. And my thought process always was, you know, experience as much as you can. Um, because those of us who have experienced many things, we find out that we end up liking things we never even considered that we would like. And then through that, find our purpose. But you're Mm -hmm. saying 10 minutes scientifically, you can find your purpose and then kind of go into how you help somebody develop that. The reason it is so evasive um, is because of one of two things. It's either envy. So I see um, Ted Turner running a corporation, and I say to myself, that is me. That is what I want. Okay, That's the first thing that will ruin your purpose every time and make it impossible to find. Because you're not trying to find your purpose. You're trying to find Ted Turner's. Um, The second thing is when a someone that whose opinion we value says to us you're supposed to be ted turner Mm -hmm. and so i then go bust my butt for decades trying to go be ted turner when that's never what i was supposed to be i was trying to again to find ted turner's purpose (laughs) and i was trying to put that into my own life and that's why it's hard that's why um um that's why it can take experiences and trying to flesh stuff out you can find your purpose absolutely Um, what I found though, is that if you can identify, um, a painful situation and you can hone in on the feelings, um, you've, you found what your purpose is. Um, now there's two sections of that. So there's, there's a a, a major category, which is what I call your fuel. Um, and there's, there's three of those. Um, and so all of humanity fits in one of those three. Um, and then based on those three, there's subcategories as well. Um, do you want to find your fuel? Oh, absolutely. You asking me yeah. if I do? <laughs> I'm going to ask. Let's do this live, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, always, I'm right. always looking for that fuel. All right. So um, so I'm going to ask you, you're not going to share it with me, but you're going to think about something. Um, because, again, your purpose has been at work in you your entire life. From the time that you were, in, in fact, from before you were born, um, all the way up until, you know, just before we took this call, um, your purpose was ingrained in your personality. Um, so you're going to think about a time that you were either traumatized or a time that you had a, a big argument, you know, with, with a partner, um, a, a business breakup, a, a, a something that really, like, rocked you. Okay? And, again, you're not going to share it. You're just going to bring it to mind. Okay? Mm-hmm. You with me so far? Yes. All right. You got it? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, in that moment, and by the way, after after we answer this, you know, I'm going to give you three choices. You're going to pick which one you felt the greatest. And then I'm going to show you. We're just going to div- div- dive into the fuel. So I'm not going to, you know, get specifically into your purpose. But we'll be able to show you the way you do your podcast, the way that you run uh, your family, um, you know, all of that, just based on how you answer this question. Um, so in that moment... Did you feel, here's the first category, excluded. Excluded means left out, abandoned, or alone. Okay? That's the first one. And you may feel more of these. Okay? We're just going to pick the biggest. Mm -hmm. So, excluded, left out, abandoned, alone. The second one is unsafe. Did you feel deceived, ripped off, like stolen from, or just horribly vulnerable? Okay? So, we we have excluded. We have unsafe. And then the third category is insignificant and insignificant means unimportant faulty like something is wrong with me or not special so between insignificant unsafe and excluded what did you feel the greatest Hmm. you want me to answer that yeah yeah um probably excluded okay okay um so the so I'll, I'm going to make some broad generalities about you, okay? Just based on your on 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 that on that fire. Okay. Um, 
So that means that because you process things that rock you um, through exclusion, that means that you are all about acceptance and inclusion Mm -hmm. and support. Um, So as you are doing your podcast, you're doing that to support other people. You're doing that to support guys. You're doing that to, to, um, does that make sense? That does make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what's going to make you the most angry, and I happen to be in the same category you are. Um, so I'll say us, what makes us the most angry is people that are alone or people that are being left out or made fun of. Like you want to make me angry, you go make fun of someone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you, you make fun of someone in front of me. That's going to, I'm a fairly calm guy, but that's going to bring out my fire. Right. Okay. Yeah. That does Um, it for me. I'll tell you right now that that seriously fires me up. Yeah. So now here's the thing is these three categories trigger each other. So if I am being accepting and I'm including everybody, that's going to trigger the other two categories, which are safety and significance. Safety is all about protection. Um, feelings come last. Facts and safety come first. And then significance is about valuing the individual. Now, the reason those two would trigger you and I is because um, we tend to live life ready for anything. Um, we tend to be really flexible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I need to go do right now? You know, like, Oh, there's an emergency. I'm going, let's do this right now. Um, safety is about, well, hold on. There's a crisis. Well, we've got this structure. So if we, if we have it built into our day, then we have time for that crisis. Otherwise that crisis is happening at 4 PM. That's when mm-hmm. we're going to address it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would trigger you and I, cause we're like, you're excluding me right now. They're not excluding us. They're just safety. Um, and then significance, because they're about bringing out the value of the individual, what they will do is they will say to the individual, let me tell you how amazing you are, or let me equip you in your bringing out more of your amazingness, and then they'll send them to go be amazing. Now, for you and I, that would be triggering. Well, what do you mean you're not going to partner with me in this? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah so um, so that's that's how, I mean, again, we just, I mean, there's another five questions I can ask you, but you know, we can do that another time if you like. Um, to get to really hone in specifically on how you accept others. Um, but that's that's all it takes to find your purpose. Um, what I do is now that someone knows their purpose, now what? Uh, um, because your purpose can actually be incredibly grounding. If you can picture an oak tree in the middle of this plain and there's a hurricane coming through, the oak tree isn't going anywhere, even though the winds are 120 miles an hour, because it is rooted and it is grounded. It's not going anywhere. Our rooting and our grounding is in love, okay? And so for you, you love through acceptance. I love through acceptance, through inclusion and support as well. So if we're getting rocked, that means we are rocked, we are hurt because someone is being exclusive. They're excluding us. They're making us feel alone. Well, it's not their job to include us. That's our job. That's our purpose. So grounding is when I include and I support right there in the middle of when I'm angry. And if I can include and support in the middle of being angry, it transforms my anger. This is something that happens neurologically um, because it actually changes the hormones that are getting released in our brain as we make that choice. So instead of I'm vulnerable right now, I have to get angry. I have to punish you because you are uh, upsetting me. You are not meeting my needs. It becomes, oh, I'm getting upset. I must need to bring acceptance into this moment because that is who I am. Right. Yeah, I get that. So, so basically, you're you're projecting what you're feeling on somebody else. Exact that, projection. That's yeah, exactly, exactly what it is. So, so in yeah. that, um, since I'm not feeling uh, included, I have to, in turn, include somebody else and kind of bring that whole in. Yeah, I get that. That's cool. That's right. And and what us exclusionary people tend to do is when we get really upset, we walk away. Yeah. You know, I'm going to show you by walking away how upset I am. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the safety people will make people feel very, very vulnerable because they're about telling the truth. They tell so much truth that it's like, whoa, you just flayed my soul right open. Um, <laughs> and then the significant people feel insignificant, so they have to elevate their their points. And so they'll generalize. They'll um, they'll they'll say you always, you never, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, yeah. Because they're feeling like I'm not being heard, so I have to I have to increase my words or my or the power behind them so that you hear me you understand my significance right yeah and as i'm listening to this i'm i'm kind of 
putting names where <laughs> you kind of feel it you know in my life yeah. those relationships you know that that kind of place in that and i'm you know making generalizations like you said uh, yeah. with those individuals and and their um uh, their purpose as well that's very interesting i dig it so yeah. you know it, it after talking with so many men and women uh throughout my life any of us who are doing anything of significance, we always end up, sometimes it comes from these kick in the gut moments that I like to talk so much about. Uh, and I bring this up because this kick in the gut moment, because quite frankly, all of us have them, whether you're moving forward or not, you know, adding abundance to the community, your life or whatever. But it's all about what happens with that kick in the gut moment. What do we do with those experiences? Uh, do we let them keep us down or do we learn and grow from them? So at this point, I'd like to ask you, what is your uh, major kick in the, one of the biggest kick in the gut moments that you've had in your life and uh, really make us feel that? So I met you, you asked me how I was at the beginning of this and I said I was hanging in there. Um, it's because I had a kick in the gut moment Wednesday um, that I'll tell you about. Um, but I, I got to give you a little bit of background. It starts when I was two years old. Um, when I was two years old, I had a severe asthma attack and in 1981, you can do that math if you want. In 1981, <laughs> if a little guy had an asthma attack, they would put them in the hospital and put them in a in a like a oxygen tent, like a like a you know boy in the bubble type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, now you know I'm I'm about acceptance, and so if I'm alone, that's a trigger for me. And so at two years old, that was extremely triggering. Um, and my mom had just had my brother. Um, so she wasn't able to spend the time in the hospital that perhaps she would have liked. Um, but my aunt and my grandma would come and sit next to me. And I have these really vivid memories of, of my aunt. Uh, she had really long hair and she would put her hair underneath, like underneath the tent so that I could touch it. Like I could have touch, you know, contact with human. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, and then she would pass under like stuffed animals and books and things like that. And just spent time with me. Um, all right. That's the background story. Now, and, and just keep in mind that I couldn't breathe. So like my, it was like my body was fighting against me and, and asthma is very anxiety provoking. So my, yeah. my anxiety was really high and it was a pretty, obviously I'm talking about it at, you know, 30 years old. It was traumatic. Um, all right. So on Wednesday, um, uh, my, my aunt has cancer and it's a type that she should be able to recover from. Um, but it's affecting her breathing. Mm. And uh, on Wednesday, I went to go visit her in the hospital. Um, and it was my whole life full circle, okay? So here I am at 38. Here's my aunt, you know. You know, she's older. And uh, um, she couldn't breathe. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a kick in the... I call it a kick in the gut moment. Um, but the crazy thing is, the person who taught me what to do in that moment was my aunt. And uh, so I, I just sat next to her and I massaged her hands and she, she had a breathing apparatus. She couldn't speak. You know, I massaged her hands and, um, and I, I know some silly little ways to get anger out, you know, from being a therapist, working with kids. And so we did some of those things and helped her get some feelings out. And I knew her purpose. And so I was able to speak to that and, um, so that giving her some words that she wasn't able to perhaps speak for herself. Um, well, I, I went back to the hospital yesterday and it was like seeing a different person. Uh, she had, she had gone from on Wednesday when I saw her it, I mean, they were saying, there's nothing else we, we can do. There's, there's not much left. Um, and as of, as of yesterday, she had made significant improvement and, uh, she she pointed at me and she said, "You, you know, again, she has a breathing apparatus. She can't talk, you know." Um, but I was like, Are "You telling me because I massage your hand, you're getting better?" And she's and she nodded yes. And I'm like, "Come on, you're obviously putting a lot of work into this too." Um, but I think what that goes back to is she is the one that taught me how to do that. She's the one that gave me that compassion, that compassion and that presence, and I was able to give that back to her. Um, Anyway, so that's my that's my that's my uh, kick in the gut moment. I'm telling you, you know, <clears throat> a lot of guys they have a problem with this. Uh, I just know it because I have these conversations all the time, and, and so many guys mm. just kind of shy away from it. And they do what you said earlier; they just walk away. 
mm. uh, from the whole conversation. But the fact of the matter is, is that human connection and mindset are are healing properties and healing energy like none other, absolutely none other. I've been in the medical field for 25 years, and I'm telling you, I've read many journals, I've read many studies, and it all comes down to the best and the most lasting and the quickest healing properties are human touch and mindset. Nothing compares. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I absolutely love that story. That's wonderful. So with all of that, you know, I mean, you you must have some other good news stories that you've had with, you know, some of your clients and and the kids that you work with. I mean, goodness, I, I'm just a sucker for stories about kids that are, you know, finding their purpose early in life and, and really kind of starting to make something of themselves. Not really completely have everything figured out, but that's the whole beauty of it, right? Is uh, yeah, finding yeah. your purpose and then letting it just happen along the way. There's, I'm very, I'm rarely passive about anything, but when it, once you find your purpose and then you just kind of let things happen, it's just the most amazing thing because you really find your your zen, if you will. You find your ground. You, well, you yeah. call it zen. I call it your grounding. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. absolutely, and and that um. What's the other term that I use uh, that I've heard and I use once in a while? Basically, you're in the zone, you know, and you just know you're where you should be. I'd yeah. love to hear a couple of those stories. Of me being where I should of, be or helping people to find where they should be? Helping others. Yeah, helping others. Okay. Okay. Well, the very, the, first, the very first time I started using purpose as a way to help people, um, it was in a class that I was teaching. It was human development. So we're supposed to be going over developmental stages, which gives me some license to help them through their current developmental stage, um, which looks like self-actualization, finding purpose, you know, all these things that you and I are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so the homework assignment with purpose is that you have to engage with another person. So each of these kids in this class, as you know, there are probably 30 of them. Um, they had to reach out to someone that they were no longer in communication with. Um, because of her feelings. Now, there's some boundaries around that. The person has to be safe, so they're not going to get accosted, or you know, they're not going to break the law because they're loving on them. Um, they have to be sober because you can't. You, if you try and love, you know, non-sobriety, however you want to define that, um, it, there's nothing. There, there's no capacity for love because they can't feel. Um, and then they have to expect nothing in return. Because if I expect something in return, then I went into that busy category mm-hmm. and I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. Um, so every single kid in this class did that homework assignment. Um, there was there was one woman who uh, her dad, they had a really conflicted relationship and it had been a couple decades since they had spoken. Um, she reached out to him uh, and learned that he was dying of cancer. Uh, he had a month left. And they had the last month of his life together. Um, there was, I mean, and I mean that's one of the bigger stories. But every single student uh, had story after story of I thought that relationship was was their fault. Like I thought it was their mm-hmm. fault we weren't talking anymore, but it was my fault. Uh, there was one kid who he was in the safety, so uh, those safety people tend to tell the truth, and that tends to break relationship. And he. Uh, reached out to one of his friends. Uh, they had stopped talking because that friend had made fun of one of his relatives. And he's like, if I tell him the truth, he's not going to talk to me again. So I'm just, I'm going to, I'm just going to be done. So he reached out and said, listen, man, I, I miss you. I care for you. Um, but you can't make fun of my family like that. And his friend was like, oh my gosh, that's why we're not talking. Dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it was just like, it, it was just like, uh, wow. Like, okay. So for him, it was, well, this piece of me that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with can actually be loving um anyway so that was the that's the first homework assignment is where they gotta um they live love and then and then i just you know encourage them keep doing it keep having those conversations so they kept having those conversations and then the second homework assignment was that now that you are living in purpose take the next big step in your life because naturally what happens in that next big step once you become authentic once you start living your purpose you know regularly um, you become known for your purpose, um, and then opportunities just start presenting themselves. Or if you start pursuing opportunities that are grounded in truly who you are, they just open up. And that's not based on selfishness. That's based on, no, I know who I am, 
and this is what I'm going to go do because of it. Um, okay, so these students, and this is community college class, right? So they, these are people that many of them were struggling with life. You know, they were struggling certainly with academics. Um, every single kid in that class did something crazy. Uh, one of them decided to move to Texas to, um, so that she could go be a nurse there. Four of them enrolled in a nursing program the next semester. Um, and they were all like, I never would have done this if it weren't a homework assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, uh, just developmentally where she was, uh, got her driver's license. And that was a, that was a really big, scary step for her. Um, but all of these people, um, every single student in this class went from, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I might fail this class. I might certainly fail this last class with my next class to no, that's done. My future is waiting for me and I know how to go get it. And it seems so simple. You know, it really right, just right. seems so simple. But it, this is one of the reasons why I'm such a huge advocate for having a coach in my life. Mm. Because uh, a coach or, or so, not, not just a coach, but somebody who's a mentor or I'm part of, you know, mastermind groups and stuff is because mm-hmm. somebody else has some little piece of information and even an assignment, like you said, taking it, like I said earlier, one of my favorite words is action. Every one of them students mm. took action on what you said to do because they could have thought, hell, that's a great idea. Yeah. And left it at that, went to bed and woke up the next day, came to school and, and it, it came to class and everybody else did their assignment. And this one poor individual's like, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, no, you didn't take action. Um, right, right, uh, exactly just, right. Yeah, and, it's, it, and it really seems so simple. And that's what I was saying is having people in our lives that have things like that, that can hold them to the, you know, be account, hold them accountable to do something like that. And it makes yeah. such a huge impact on the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So what else do you do for uh, folks that uh, do you just work with? I know you coach as well. Um, Mm -hmm. How does your program work and and what type of people are you looking for uh, that are your ideal client? So it's, it's people that are looking to engage um, and that maybe haven't necessarily known how or where, um, but are ready. Um, You have to be ready. Yeah. Ready. If you're, if you're not ready, then obviously, like you said, you're going to take the information and just, eh, Um, Mm. so, so coaching for me is generally a two to three month process. Um, you know, again, I'm accepting, so I'm going to team with you. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's a two to three month process where we, we start these homework assignments together. Um, I mean, together is probably the wrong word. Um, but I give you the homework assignments and then we process through those together. Um, and then, start freeing you up and starting to look at the limitations that perhaps have held you back in the past. Um, and we can, I mean, purpose applies to marriage. It applies to relationships mm-hmm. with kids. It applies to career. Um, and the results are often, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty typically crazy. Um, it's, it's not uncommon for someone to increase their income by 20 to 50%, you know, um, w- within several months, just, and, I mean, and I know that sounds, um, I mean, that, that might sound inflated, but um, it's, it's true. Um, because we get out of the way of, of trying to be Ted Turner or someone wanting mm-hmm. us to be Ted Turner, and we can just be Bruce. And mm-hmm. just Bruce can be okay. Um, and then we can just go be more of what is at the core of who Bruce is. Um, and doors just tend to get open, you know. Yeah, I don't so find that's, that inflated at all. At okay. Not one bit. Okay. Yeah. I really don't. And I'm and I'm saying this because of my own personal experiences and experiences with guys that I've personally worked with. Yeah. Um, once they figure that out and get out of their own way, um, you know, everything that they have is already there within them. It's just they have to get out of their own way and find their purpose. And I, one of the things that I do with with the guys is I help them find their values, what their true values are, and then I kind of marry mm. that up with what their daily activities are. And nine times out of ten, usually ten times out of ten, their their day their values are not in line with their daily activities. Their yeah, and and actually, I I would I did a training on this this week. If if you're on on burnout for therapists, if your values are not in alignment with your actions or the or the values of your company, that will lead to burnout. Yeah, every time. Um, and every time, every time, and then because because you're trying to give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or you value things that are different. It doesn't even have to be, um, you know, like moral values. It can just be, for example, they value acceptance and I value safety. Mm-hmm. 
you know, okay, well, we're going to trigger each other all day long. So unless I am comfortable being acceptance in the middle of that company, which is absolutely valid and valuable, um, then I need to perhaps find a more accepting company. Yeah. And and it's yeah. also important, take it to another side of this, it's also important for those of you out there who are business owners and employers to understand that of your employees, because you want to be able to place them where they're going to be the most effective in their own values and in their own purpose. Right, right. Um, organizationally, purpose is, is, is a pretty phenomenal tool, um, because it allows you to see just immediately what, what the conflicts are happening. Um, and, and you can see if you can, if you know what someone's purpose is, you can see why they're failing in their job or not functioning in their job. Um, it's because they don't have the space to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a little answer key for, okay, this is how we need to either change the job, move the person or free them up to go live their purpose where they're supposed to be. Absolutely. I'm very glad that you said that last part is free them up so that they can go live their life and purpose. You're doing them yeah. a favor. Some people say, well, I'll fire the person who's a good person. Yeah, but he's not in his element. He's just not where yeah. he should be at this point in time in his life. You know, I'll tell you, um, Rosa Parks, when she, when she sat on a bus and didn't move, the next day she got fired mm -hmm. because her authenticity <laughs> – got to the point where people were able to see who the real Rosa Parks was. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, she was working as a seamstress and her boss, there wasn't space for that there. Yeah. Um, Eric Clapton got expelled because he wouldn't put his guitar down. Um, <laughs> JK Rowling was working for Amnesty International um, while writing a novel. Um, and eventually that cost her her job. Yeah. Um, if, if you, if you have this crazy passion that is incongruent with the place that you are working, eventually that will cost you your job. And mm -hmm. it should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You need to get freed up. Can you imagine Rosa Parks getting off the bus be so that she could go to work the next day? That yeah. would have cost us all, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And the same as we can go story after story after story of, yeah. of you know, people who got expelled from school, like you said, Eric Clapton and many others in our lives, just because that wasn't their environment. That's not where they, they were comfortable at. And they just had other things, bigger, bigger plans for themselves that they yeah. may not have known at the time. But they know the bottom line was either school, the job or whatever the case may be was getting in the way of their creativity and, and they're taking action on what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So, Bruce, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that, man? Well, dude, let's do it. Outstanding. So share one to three actionable steps with men of abundance that they can take today. The first one is invest in the people around you. Um, your career is, is not about you. <laughs> uh, your family is not about you. Um, those things are about the people that you get to invest in. If your safety, then the way that you're investing in them is creating a safe environment. If your acceptance, the way you're, the way that you're investing in them is to accept them and team with them. And if your significance, then you're going to be pointing out the beauty in other people. Um, the point is to invest in the people around you. Um, I, yeah. Okay. I'll leave it there. So invest in the, in the people around you. And then the second one, um, I would say stay authentic. Um, if you have to change who you are. So for example, if you have to lie on your resume and get a job, you didn't find the right job. Because if you lied on the resume, you lied in the interview, then you're going to have to lie every day that you go to work. And eventually that's going to cost you. It's either going to cost you in stress. It's going to cost you in um, bitterness and, and resentment. It's going to cost you in because people don't want to promote a bitter and resentful person, right? Um, so again, stay authentic. And that means at work, stay authentic at home. Um, stay authentic with your friends. Don't feel like you have to go be somebody else because you're going to go hang out with so-and-so. And if you do, then it's time for a new so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Bruce? I put my kids to bed. <laughs> mm. um, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, you have to be, it's, I, it's not just putting my kids, my kids to bed. It is being present while I put, put my kids to bed. Yeah. Um, not because they may come hand, to me. So you're, with not, a, you're not walking around with your cell phone in your hand and saying, hey, go to bed. It's time to go to bed. That's exactly I said, get right. To bed. 
that's exactly right. Not a kiss on the forehead, goodnight, goodbye, mm-hmm. you know, but I sit and that is that, you know, I have three kids. So that's the time that they know that it does not matter how hectic our schedule was. It doesn't matter how crazy. It doesn't matter what a bad day. It, it doesn't matter. They get that time with dad to themselves every day for their entire life. Um, and I mean, some of my kids I read with because that's what that's that's th- that's who they are and that that brings out you know that's of interest to them and I'm engaging with them there. Um, I have two sons and a daughter. My daughter and I just tend to talk, and I'm going to tell you some of the conversations I've been able to have with my daughter uh, have been pretty. Fl- uh, <laughs> I mean, we've been able to discuss some things that I never imagined my daughter would trust me enough to be able to talk about. Um, and, and it's, it's really been amazing. Um, and, and I don't know if she values that, but I, I value, I treasure that in my heart because I know that there are some things that girls prefer not to talk about with their dad and, and she's trusted me and it's, it's just floored me. It's floored me every time. Um, but it's the time that the kids can say, Hey, I'm really having this problem with my brother. I'm really having this trouble at school. I'm really, um, this is really what's going on. And, um, and then I get to be able to, I, I'm, I'm honored to be able to be the one that can answer those questions for them. Um, so that they have a voice of someone who is not their age, you know, I mean, we like to think that school socializes our kids, but the fact is when you send your five-year-old to a class of five-year-olds, they get socialized by five-year-olds. Right. Um, so that time being able to invest and pour wisdom and, and experience and, um, and just learn from my kids. That's anyway. And I, I'm talking about my kids. So I can just keep going. Um, <laughs> no, I love uh, it. And one of the things I do want to hone in on that you mentioned is that you you read with a few of them, but then you have the conversation with your daughter. And I think that is extremely important for guys to pay attention to because we're always told, you know, read your, read 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 with your kids, you know, every day, and read with them going to bed and stuff like that. But I've personally found that my little guy, my youngest. He likes to. He likes it better when. Uh, now he has a challenge with reading. Well, you know, say that he's he's eight. You know, and I did too. I had a challenge with reading and, and mm-hmm. dyslexia and all that other kind of stuff. So it wasn't comfortable for me to read out loud. It's still not comfortable for me to read out loud. But mm. what we'll do is we'll take the even if we use the book, we'll take the book and we'll make up our own story based on the pictures that are in the book, and then we'll have a conversation about it. And mm. I found that extremely beneficial. And I've never heard anybody else say that. I've never read that anywhere to just have that conversation or tell stories instead of read verbatim out of the book. Um, yeah. What prompted you to do that and, and how much more influential do you think that is? I, well, what prompted me is that I'm a therapist. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> and before I was a therapist, I was still a therapist. Um, I, that's, it's just who I am um, as far as like relational and um, I, I don't know. And you know what? I think too, there have been times that I haven't wanted to and my wife is like, no, we are not raising our kids in a household where they were not put to bed every night. Um, so I could I could be thankful for my wife for nudging me along when perhaps I was a little tired some nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that that's that's what I would that's what I would say. Great, yeah, I like that. So speaking of reading, in fact, what are you reading, or what would you recommend that our abundant leaders uh, read or listen to, and why? I am going to recommend um, the least heard of or least thought of a self-help book that's out there um it's something called it's a book called tuesdays with maury have you read tuesdays with maury i have not but i have heard of it i was hoping you'd say you haven't all right all right um it's a fantastic book it's about someone who's dying okay so Mitch is this guy who had this college professor and he's watching the news one day and his college professor's on the news and he's dying and he's like wow i I miss that time that I used to have when he would mentor me. So he flies out once a week to meet with Maury. And that's why it's called Tuesdays with Maury. The book is just their recorded conversations um, as he had Lou Gehrig's disease. So uh, mm-hmm. every week there was a little piece of him, you know, that a little piece was missing. Um, and just talking about Maury embracing what death is like. I mean, he says in order to learn how to live, you have to know how to die. Right. Um, so it's essentially a lesson on how to die, which is essentially a lesson on how to live well. Um, because when it comes down to the last moments, um, 
you're just reaping the benefits of the fruits of your entire life and the people um, and the and the the people and the causes that you've invested in. Um, so anyway, I for me Tuesdays this Mori is a lesson in authenticity, and I would recommend it. I think it's a great book for abundant leaders to read, and uh, because ultimately that's what I'm here trying to do with this abundant community is get guys to live today. You know, learn yeah. how to live. I mean, we we, we can all be alive, um, right? You know, and but few people are truly truly living because they're holding on for something. They're waiting for that you know that extra income or that next raise or that time yeah. off or the kids to get out of school i mean it just goes on and on and on and next thing you know where did it all go <laughs> and right right where did yeah. it go you know you just pissed it away basically right so what do you feel speaking of that what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance uh i i think it's an inauthenticity um just trying to fulfill the expectations of others, whether that be their neighbors, their mm. parents, their spouse, their, you know, trying to trying to fulfill the expectation, the the inaccurate expectations of others, or putting expectations on themselves because of envy. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I work with a lot of counselors, and counselors we we have this unique, uh, I don't know this. No one became a counselor because they wanted to make a ton of money. So they're all in the work because they love the work. And so, I mean, around the office, the conversations are like, so what would you do if you want a million dollars? I would do exactly what I do. Just, it might look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, because because who I am is authentic and, and what I'm doing matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the opposite of that of, is in authenticity, where I'm living for, like you said, the next pay raise, the bigger house, the better car. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different way to live. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I completely agree. And I'm definitely going to get into that book. I have heard of it. It, it turned into a movie as well, right? It did. Yeah. You know, I, I actually haven't seen the movie, but. And that's where I um, heard from it from is, is the movie. So yeah, yeah. I'll definitely, and I know the book because the, it's one of the books that I read. Um, oh, I saw the movie pursuit of happiness. Then I read the book and I was like, whoa, cool. that, this was not in the movie, man. It goes deep in the book. Yeah, you know at the at the if you listen to the audio version of Tuesdays with Maury, at the very end of it, they play some of the recordings, which like, is perfect uh, because I love audiobooks. Um, oh, it's fantastic! I devour yeah. audiobooks. Yeah, it's okay. a short read. It's nothing crazy. You know, it's just it's just good. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably be downloading that book today. Um, nice, because I love. I, I'm done with my. Audio. I finished. I was traveling and I listened to like four audiobooks in the time that I was traveling, so I nice. to get a new batch. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Bruce? I'm going to say an unpopular answer. Um, A life of abundance to me means at times an understanding that there are seasons of unhappiness in the short term that I have to go through for long-term fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I would not take away that time that I spent in the hospital for anything. Even though it was deeply traumatic, okay, um, I wouldn't take away the really difficult seasons in my marriage, because in those seasons we learned how to reach out, we learned how to get the help we needed, we learned how to invest further in each other, and at the other end of it was fulfillment. Um, and and that's that's what abundance is to me. Um, it's not abundant things; it's abundant experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. More stuff is just more stuff. You can only have so much celery in your refrigerator, you know, before all of a sudden it's just overflowing. And that's an abundance of celery. That's not what life's about. Um, It's about who you're sharing that celery with. It's about, um, does that, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I mean, there is, there are huge lessons in adversity and there's no mistake that I included that question. uh, You're kicking the goat, you know, for you to share your kick in the goat moment in our conversation, because it's all part of the whole process. It's part of the whole journey. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. So, brother, we are going to close this up. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation? Um, if I might put a plug to myself, Absolutely. is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, obviously, I'm available for coaching. Um, uh, you can find me at, on Facebook, Transformation Through Purpose, or at PurposeFire.org. Um, that's, that's how to reach me. And then we can start talking about 
you know, just have a light conversation on what you want to work on and move forward from there. Um, but you know, there, there is, there is one uh, piece that I, I really want to give emphasis to. Um, what love is, is it means and love, love and purpose. Those are interchangeable. Um, what love and what purpose means is giving without expecting anything in return. So if, if I could leave without, if I could leave with, with a single point, it would be uh, true unconditional love is I'm not loving you because I need you to do something for me or because I need you to treat me better. I'm loving you because I love you. That's a, that's a great, great point. Um, you know, you are the the fact of the matter is you are 100% responsible for every one of your relationships in your life. Yeah. Uh, and once you realize that, what you just said is rings completely true with me, and I totally agree with that. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Absolutely. Outstanding, man. So uh, we will have all of your links linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. And, man, it's been a great conversation. I got so much out of this conversation. Uh, I'll go uh, – I don't take notes during the conversation. I take notes later when I do the editing and stuff. Uh, All right. And uh, but I'll be listening to this one uh, even before again, even before I do the editing, because there was so so many. Uh, I just had some aha moments just during this conversation. That's what I do this for, man. I hope some well, of you I'm guys glad. have to do that I'm too. I'm glad, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, and if you want to schedule some time, just you and me to to find out what you know the rest of your purpose is, we can certainly do that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would definitely be open for that. Yeah. All right, Bruce, have an amazing day. I know you're busy with your family, and uh, that's a good place to be, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Aloha. Guys, everything you do must have purpose in order for it to be truly meaningful. Well, not everything has to be on your calendar, but I too like to be spontaneous. However, I'm still spontaneous on days I've planned to do so, if that makes any sense. Look, just live the life that you want to live. Live the way you want to live. That's what the abundance mindset is all about. But if you want to live an epic life, live a life of abundance on purpose. Now, go out and live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.